Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy-to-understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. All right, so welcome to part two out of three parts of who will pay your long-term care expenses. So in all three parts, we're addressing the issues of the three different payors of long-term care expenses. Um, You know, in part one, we talked about how someone turning 65 today has a 70% chance of needing long-term care services in their remaining years. Those turning 65 today have a 20% chance of needing long-term care services for more than five years. How much do those services cost? Oh, around this area where I am in Louisiana, currently about $5,500 a month, um, projected to go up over the next 20 years to in excess of $10,000 per month. So when a husband and wife both needing care years from now, maybe $20,000 of expense, Uh, wipes out the life savings fairly quickly. So we've talked about how there's three options, um, three different payors of long-term care care expenses. There's the government, there's insurance, and there's yourself. And so in part one, we talked about um, the when the government pays someone's long-term care expenses, and we addressed some of the Medicaid rules regarding um, qualifying for um, a state's long-term care Medicaid program to cover those you know, significant expenses. In this part, though, we're going to focus on the second payor and, uh, of the three, and that's insurance companies. So some people um, own long-term care insurance because um, they want to have you know, long-term care insurance. They want that expense covered. Um, others choose not to for reasons that we'll get to in a little bit. Okay, so what I'm about to tell you about long-term care insurance, um, that you know, there's uh, a lot of the comparisons that you may make in your own mind after I share some information with you. In reality, may not be apple-to-apple comparisons because there are so many different factors uh, that go into these different coverages and how insurance companies determine cost and what are the benefits. But I'll give you a scratch-the-surface analysis. Now, when we start talking about long-term care insurance, you really need to realize that, in general, there's two types of long-term care insurance. There's what I'll call traditional long-term care insurance, and there's what I'll call asset-based long-term care insurance. So most people understand what traditional long-term care insurance is. You pay the insurance company every year. And really, as I talk about yearly payments or yearly costs, just know that all the insurance companies, if, if there's an annual amount or an annual premium, they can also give you what that uh, quarterly or monthly premium will be. I'm just going to stick to the annual now, but know that there's different options. So in traditional long-term care insurance, it's really not unlike the uh, automobile insurance that you pay, the homeowner's insurance that you pay. 
you just pay that on a regular basis. Let's call it an annual basis. And if you have a claim, the insurance company, you know, uh, checks it out and then they'll pay the claim. If you never have a claim, then you get nothing back. Some people perceive it as, well, I'm just putting money in into insurance and I'll and I may never get anything out of it. But so be it. That's traditional long term care insurance. And uh, it's really the least expensive or cheapest form of long-term care insurance. And then I'll get into the asset-based long-term care insurance in a minute. But let's just jump right in and take a look at um, what some of those costs might be. And again, I hesitate, so don't take anything that I'm telling you to heart. Um, You'll have to uh, take a look at it on your own. This is by no means some offer to any of you out there because there's so many different variables and, uh, you know, insurance companies can change things on a regular basis. But just for purposes of looking at something, let's take a look at um, something I was working on with a couple um, not too long ago. Uh, they were married they were both 59 years old. That's a really key factor. 59 is probably a little bit younger than most people are when they get serious about you know protecting what they have and looking at this coverage, but it makes a whole lot of sense to do it when you're younger. It's just I think the reality of life is people don't get serious about this stuff until they're in their 60s or sometimes even in their 70s. But for purposes of our discussion, uh, we're going to talk about a married couple, husband and wife, who are each 59 years old and they they kind of have regular health. You know, they don't have any kind of dementia. They don't have any kind of diabetes or any heart problems. no physical impairments that would render, you know, long-term care more likely. So they're, uh, they're not smokers. And so, you know, they're, they're reasonably healthy. And, and what they're asking for is they're saying, we'd like to get $6,000 of monthly benefit if we need long-term care in, in the future. So if they asked for $4,000 a month of a benefit or $9,000 a month of benefit, obviously that would affect things. So uh, what they were considering was a traditional long-term care insurance policy. And again, another one of those variables is this: these particular policies for them would pay those benefits for, I'm going to call it 6.9 years, yeah, rounded up and close enough to seven years. So if the husband, for example, needs long-term care, because he's not able to perform those activities of daily living, then the insurance company will, you know, reimburse him for up to $6,000 of uh, long-term care expenses, and they'll do it for seven years. If he needs the care longer for for seven years, he's going to be on his own for those payments. So same thing for the wife. So to cover both of those individuals or the married couple, so that they would get six thousand each get six thousand dollars of monthly benefit for seven years. The uh, amount that they would have to pay on an annual basis total to get the 
uh, coverage for both spouses is, uh, is a little bit over $4,200. That's an annual amount to the insurance company. And so um, that's, that's what we're looking at for a traditional long-term care insurance company uh, policy, 59 years old, healthy, $6,000 monthly benefit for each of them that pays that uh, uh, benefit for seven years once they um, start um, uh, receiving those benefits because they can't perform those activities of daily living, then uh, a little bit over $4,200 a month, uh, a year, sorry. So there's, there's your example for traditional long-term care insurance. Next, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of asset-based long-term care. So that's a little bit different. That's typically some type of life insurance product or annuity product with long-term care benefits or a long-term care rider. For purposes of this uh, podcast, I'm really going to focus on the... Uh, life insurance component with a long-term care rider. So um, oftentimes um, those policies are funded with just one single payment where a person or in this situation a couple uh, repositions an existing kind of low-yield asset, maybe money that's in a checking account or a savings account or a CD. And so really they, the way they look at it, it results in a, in a net zero cost to that couple because when they you know, give the money to the insurance company, the insurance company is, is going to promise to give it back either in the form of long-term care insurance benefits or in the form of life insurance. Now, how much they give back is based on all of these variables like age, how much of a benefit are they asking for, how long will that benefit be paid out. But let's take a look at uh, one example. The things that we can keep the same will keep the same, which is a married couple and they're each 59 years old. And again, the 59 years old is a really critical um, piece of information. If they're 69 years old, the numbers look a lot worse. That's why it's so important to address this stuff as early as you can. But let's look at an, at a um, kind of an asset-based life insurance um, policy with a long-term care rider, one-time payment, and which provides $6,000 of benefit for each of the spouses. And I'll say in this one, it provides that benefit for an unlimited period of time, which is better than the seven years that I addressed in the traditional long-term care insurance policy. You may remember very first part of the conversation, 20% of people will need long-term care insurance for more than long-term care services for more than five years. So uh, that's a significant amount. So having a policy that provides benefits for an unlimited period of time is is better than having a policy that provides benefits for seven years and then stops. So in this asset-based life insurance policy with long-term care rider funded with a single payment, 59-year-old couple, $6,000 of benefit for each spouse when they can no longer perform, uh, and it's typically two of the six activities of daily living. Um, and it provides that benefit for an unlimited period of time. So if they, like my own grandmother, um, was in a nursing home for 20 years, 
the unlimited benefit will continue to pay. So, and with the asset-based long-term care, if they don't use the long-term care benefit, let's say they both pass away, they're still living in their home, they never got to a point where they um, could not perform those activities of daily living, then there's a death benefit. And uh, so what those numbers look like are for a one-time $114,000 payment to the insurance company. The insurance company essentially tells them two things. If either or both of you need six, need long-term care in the future, then the insurance company will pay $6,000 a month for each of them. So if the husband, you know, uh, 12 years later needs long-term care, the insurance company starts paying $6,000 for his care. Then the wife, five years after that, starts uh, needing long-term care, can't perform those activities of daily living. Insurance company kicks in $6,000 for her care. And so uh, for an unlimited period of time. And now if they never use that benefit or if they just use a very limited amount of that benefit, then let's say, for example, they use none of the long-term care benefit. Then when they both pass away, the insurance company, due to the life insurance component, will pay their beneficiaries, let's say it's their children, $150,000. Now, if they had used $100,000 of the long-term care benefit, because the death benefit is one fifty, dollars they will have used up some of that and the insurance company will pay the beneficiaries $50,000 when the husband and wife both pass away because the husband and wife had used up $100,000 of that death benefit in long-term care benefits. So the summary of that one is a husband and wife put up $114,000. The insurance company will pay $6,000 a month for an unlimited unlimited period of time if husband and or wife need long-term care. And if they don't use the long-term care benefit, the life insurance company will pay $150,000 to their uh, beneficiaries, uh, let's call it their children, when the husband and wife both pass away. So uh, again, with if they use some of that death benefit while they're alive, the uh, life insurance company would pay the remainder of that one fifty dollars uh, when they passed away. But if they used you know, $700,000 of long-term care benefits, there won't be any kind of death benefit when they passed away. So that's one form of the single payment um, asset-based long-term care policy that is uh, built on a life insurance product. I'll give you one other example, kind of the same as as the previous example, 59-year-old couple, but in that previous example, we talked about them putting up $114,000. Maybe it would be better for them for them to just pay that annually and have that payment stop when they start receiving benefits or, of course, when they pass away. So instead of just a one-time payment of $114,000 to get the $6,000 monthly benefit for each of them and the $150,000 death benefit, they could uh, make annual payments of just under $7,000 and still get all of those same benefits. They would just, um, you know, pay those pay those payments for their lifetime and still they, until they started receiving benefits, long-term care benefits. 
and uh, instead of the one-time payment, which was the previous example. Okay, so again, just a little disclaimer there. Um, that's Those figures are really just for discussion purposes only. It's not any kind of, certainly isn't any kind of offer. It's uh, because these things have so many different variables and uh, all of which can change on a moment's notice. But that should give you some of a head, some kind of a heads up on what you can expect. The, so who who are the people who typically do purchase long-term care insurance? Well, number one, it's people who you know they've perhaps seen others you know have to dig into their own life savings to cover all of these expenses, and they don't want to do that. They want to protect their life savings and perhaps, you know, reposition a piece of what they have. Um, people who just, you know, they get some peace of mind from having the insurance co coverage in place. People who don't want to rely on Medicaid and want to have uh, more options regarding their, their care. So with all of these long-term care insurance policies, People don't have to be necessarily in a nursing home to get the benefits. They can stay in their home or in a facility of their choosing and, and uh, allow those benefits to kick in without being in a Medicaid nursing home facility. So uh, some people just feel like it, it makes smart financial sense. If they're going to insure their house from a fire or a flood or, or whatever the case may be, or if they're going to insure uh, themselves from being liable to a creditor in the event they you know, run into somebody in a car accident, well then it also makes sense, particularly when the likelihood of needing care is so high um, that they cover that potential expense as well. People who don't typically make the decision to own long-term care insurance, maybe they have nothing and they're, you know, they're, they're satisfied relying on Medicaid. Um, maybe they've had a, a family circumstance where, you know, sometimes they'll tell me, well, mama got old and we just, you know, took turns taking care of her and, once, once she went downhill, it went kind of fast. And um, even if she would have, if Mama would have had long-term care insurance, um, she never would have uh, received any benefits because we just kept her at home and took turns taking care of her, and she went kind of fast. Um, so those people kind of typically, you know, they'll they'll kind of take their chances, like like Mama took her chances. And uh, other people just say, well, we'll just, you know, we'll self-fund it. Some people are just anti-insurance and not that that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but they'll just, you know, they want to self-insure as much as they can. So they'll make that decision to self-insure or self-fund their long-term care needs. So that's it for part two uh, of this three-part series on who pays your long-term care expenses Part one was when the government, through its Medicaid program, pays long-term care expenses. Part two, what we discussed in this part, was when insurance companies cover that expense. And then in part three, we'll talk about people um, you know, incurring that expense out of their own pocket. So hope this helps give you some information. And um, again, plan ahead, get the information, 
and uh, take, take whatever action you deem appropriate, but make sure it's informed and educated action. Y'all take care. Have a good day.